Coming up on this week's episode of Don't Panic, we talk Merger Mania, AT&T buying TV in space and YouTube buying live video games on the internet. We also talk about Swarm going live, unsurprisingly a new Halo game. We talk about the brand new Microsoft Surface. It's actually kind of good. Uh, and we have a special guest, Tom Crescenzi, with us. Uh, it's a heck of an episode, and you're not going to want to miss it. So stay tuned. Don't Panic. Coming up next. This is Don't Panic, episode number 47, recorded May 21st, 2014. On AT&T and Space, Big Tablets and Twitch gets hitched. Hello and welcome to this special edition of Don't Panic, the technology podcast that can make a friction hinge sound sexy. I'm Sean Jennings and I am joined by the Colby Rabideau of technology. That would be Colby Rabideau. Uh, How's it going, Colby? (laughs) It's going okay. I I upgraded my computer and it's so fast. It's blazing. Uh, Now normally I do a famous duo, but the other half of your famous duo isn't here with us this week. We, we have the, the third half of our famous duo. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The third person in the famous duo. But we have somebody to replace Dan who is just as good. Uh, I'll try. In fact, in fact, he's taller. He is taller. You get, you get more height for the same dollar value. Uh, and that would, of course, be uh, a good friend of both of ours. He's a web programmer, developer fellow, uh, a, a true coffee and beer connoisseur, uh, I must say, more than almost anyone else on the network. That would, of course, be Tom Crescenzi. Tom, how's it going? Hello. Doing thank, good. Thank you for being here with us. Thanks for having me on. And I have to say, if, if, you're, if you like Tom on this episode, you should check him out. He was on Change Mode last week um, oh, with an awesome episode. It was really great. Uh, Coffeeandbeer.tv slash Change Mode. Um. I'll quickly mention everyone out there, of course, this is Don't Panic. We're doing it on Wednesday night this week uh, as a special occasion because we had to have Tom on. And we are not doing it next Monday for Memorial Day, um, but we will be back the following Monday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, at our website, don'tpanic.io. Uh, we've got so much news, so why don't we just jump into it, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Um... Well, you know, it seems like, I swear, the last couple shows, all we've talked about is mergers and acquisitions. Like, that's all we ever talk about. But (laughs) we're going to do it again. So we've got two actually big mergers and acquisitions happening right now. I consider them both to be our top story. Let's start with the biggest of the two, and that would be AT&T and DirecTV. Uh, You may know AT&T as the uh, giant monopolistic telecommunications corporation. And you may know DirecTV as people who beam uh, the Big Bang Theory from outer space. Uh, um, when you put them together, what do you get? Well, we're about to find out. AT&T has agreed to acquire DirecTV for a whopping $48.5 billion, with a B, dollars. Uh, there's been a rumor going around for a while that DirecTV might merge with Dish or look to be acquired by someone else. Uh, AT&T stepped up to a plate. Uh, AT&T currently has its U-verse television, though that's mostly on the West Coast. They have 5.7 million subscribers to that. They'll combine it with DirecTV's roughly 20 million U.S. subscribers to become the second largest television uh, provider in the United States behind a proposed Comcast Time Warner. Whoa. Uh, What is going on? It's craziness. It is scary. I mean... Now, we, we can look at the, the advantages and disadvantages here. I mean, the, obviously, the upside for AT&T is just the ability 
to have more subscribers to leverage content providers for DirecTV, the upside is being able to bundle, uh, which is something as an independent company they can't do. They can't offer you television, phone, and internet, uh, which is an area they've really been lacking, and Dish has had the same problem. Mm -hmm. So that's really the combination. What does it mean for consumers? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, do you guys have any... Uh, I, I will open it to a, a neutral conversation. Do you guys have any uh, immediate thoughts on on what this could mean? Who's Verizon going to buy? That's an interesting question. Um, you know, my... What I would say to that almost is I, I don't know if Verizon wants to be in the TV game. Oh, I guess it does because it has Fios. It course. does, but, but, they've, but they've been very straight up in saying that they have no interest in expanding. Yeah. Hmm. You know? I can respect that. Well, so, I guess you could you could look at this in a positive way in that, like... Correct me if I'm wrong. DirecTV, like, you can get DirecTV anywhere because it's, like, from space, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, it does sort of break down that, like, only option cable provider. Um, and, like, maybe if, if they can be, if this can, if AT&T can make DirecTV a more attractive, like, you know, deal for your everyday person, like, maybe that'll kind of force some some competition in this, like, this space. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm I'm less uncomfortable with this than I am with Time Warner and, and Cast. Yeah, it's definitely a, a different case altogether, you know? Um, yeah, I think it's because it's, it's telephone buying TV. It's not TV cable telephone buying TV cable telephone. Right, right. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, more like AT&T's expanding, not like they're consolidating. Yeah, in a, like in a way, this almost get, makes creates another like legitimate competitor to Comcast, mm. or like the only legitimate competitor to Comcast, sort of. If you think of it, I don't know. Like the other thing is, I don't, I don't know. Like how good is Directv? It used to be like okay if the weather was good, but it mm. was bad if it was cloudy. I mean, uh, I actually, my family actually has DirecTV. We've had it for a number of years. I've been extremely satisfied. Um, yeah. it, you know, I have Fios now, which I like, but given the option, I'd probably choose DirecTV. I really, we, it's actually funny. We moved, got Time Warner Cable, had it for about two weeks, and then called them up and said, please take this back. We're going to go back to DirecTV. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was that miserable on Time Warner. So, you oh, know, and, and you're exactly right. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's kind of like when... Um, XM and Sirius wanted to merge, and they made the argument, well, that's monopolistic. And they said, well, no, because it's completely different from terrestrial radio. And it's kind of the same idea where, you know, if you want, say I wanted to start my own cable company, I could just go and buy cable lines, get access, and start it. If I want to start a satellite company, I have to launch satellites into friggin' space, you know? I mean, they're, they're really totally different businesses. Yeah. I think the question comes when you start looking into things like uh, price fixing and competitive pricing for consumers. Because I'll point out, you know, Time Warner Cable, Comcast, and AT&T DirecTV, assuming both mergers go through together, wouldn't own nearly 60% of all television in the United States. Two companies, 60%. That seems almost low. Not gonna lie. No, it is. Timecast, uh, Comcast Time Warner is about thirty-four percent. AT&T Directv about twenty-five percent, and then Dish is in third with about fifteen percent. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, huh. 
I don't know. I guess I guess I would say that that this merger makes me much less uncomfortable than the Time Warner Comcast merger did. Mm-hmm. Right. So here's something you guys have probably already talked about before, but who actually watches TV? Do any of you have cable? You have cable? I love what cable. What do a yoga teacher really? and an inventor have? Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely all about cable. Um, because I don't, don't get me wrong, I mean, I own a Roku, a, a Chromecast, I've got Hulu Plus and Netflix and everything. I just, it's, I, I'm, I'm a heavy duty TV watcher. And, and the web stuff is not good enough for me yet to go exclusively. I would like to. I would like to not pay. The other thing I'll point out, when I moved into this apartment, they said internet is like $70 a month, and for another $40, will give you cable and a DVR. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at, at that, I kind of, it was a bit of a no-brainer, but still, I, yeah. So, like, I pay for the least internet that you possibly can, and it's fine. I don't know. Yeah. I don't watch a lot of TV, so I guess I don't really count. I mean, I would, so, well, we, we, we've talked about my internet many a time, Mm -hmm. my microwave ISP (laughs) for $30 a month, which is great. Um, $30 a month, no contract. Nice. Just cray. Um, which is working very well right now. Who, I don't know. Sometimes it's crazy, but. For, as, as far as TV goes, though, like, unless it it happens, like, it turns into the case where I can get, like, HBO, the Food Network, and all the Red Sox games and nothing else, like, <laughs> then I, yeah. I might pay for TV, but I'm not going to pay for TV, like, for a cable package. Like, I, I'd absolutely spend probably as much money on less channels if they let me pick and choose the ones that I wanted. Yep. Well, Need. and, yeah, I, the, again, I wish they could do that. The model's just not there at the moment. Yeah. You know, they just, they can't make their money back doing individual subscriptions to each channel mm. because they have all these not popular channels they have to support with the popular channels. That's where this bundling comes in, and that's where these mergers come in, you know? It's... It could go one of two directions. I mean, it could. These companies could say, if you got the Time Warner, Comcast, and Directv, AT and T, going to an ESPN or to a Disney or to whomever, and saying we want these deals, that's the power of the monopoly, and they mm-hmm. actually kind of have to. On right. the other hand, they could also go to those companies and say we want to charge you more and not give you any more rights. So, you know, it's a it's a double sided coin, but right. If there was any promise for a future of being able to subscribe to an individual channel or being able to get more content available, I think we're we're getting there. I really do, and I and I want to get there because believe me, I I don't watch I watch less than half of the channels I subscribe to, but at the same time, while there is a lot of stuff out there until everything is out there, I just. I don't know. I'm a no compromise kind of guy, so it's fair. I, I need it all. That's, and that's yeah. Go ahead. I also hate commercials. Yeah, commercials. That's yeah, no, and I agree. But you know what the difference is, though. I'd honestly rather fast forward through commercials on my DVR than sit and watch that's the true. same three commercials on Hulu over and over. As long. That's well. That's why I don't ever use Hulu ever. Yeah. Um, because like I feel like it's just a huge lie. It's yeah. Like oh, this is cool. <laughs> 
it's not TV. It's really cool, but it is TV. Well, and I think that's that's, that's something people are going to have to realize. If we do get a future where, you know, you pay $5 a month to AMC and you just get AMC, um, there'll be ads on that. I will guarantee yeah. there'll be ads. Oh, of course there will be. You know? I mean, you know, I would be okay with that for, like, very few exceptions. I don't know, though. Like, I would just pay for HBO. Yeah, I would just absolutely. HBO yeah. money. You can yeah. kind of do that now through Amazon. Yeah. You can get stuff as it comes out. Right. But it's not, it's not like, real time. Like, you can't watch Game of Thrones on Amazon Prime, can you? Or is I it think G- it's, like, a week or uh, less game, after well, the, the episode I, comes out. I know specifically Game of Thrones is not included in the current deal. Damn it. Because they sell a butt-ton of DVDs and digital downloads. Yeah. Um, right. Well, right, right. But with the digital downloads, Game of Thrones is also yeah. like the most most torrented television show in history, or something, though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Love it. I gotta, I gotta watch that at some point. Yeah, something. So, so I, I don't know. I'm almost more okay with spending more money on something as long as there's no ads. But I rarely get the choice. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Well, I think. You're in the minority, or well, I, maybe that's not. Maybe it's more the case that. Like, people are afraid that you're in the minor- minority. Hmm. It's possible. I think it's interesting because like, the only radio station I ever listened to is NPR. And this past two weeks, they've been doing their, oh, give us money thing. And, yeah. I don't know, I mean, they do pretty good. Yeah, I think it's finding a balance is really yeah. what it is. Is it $10 more for no ads? Is it $50 more for no ads? You know, it's finding... It's and these companies are so freaking good at it, pushing the consumer as far as they can to the edge, right? With charging them per month and with ads, and they say, "What's the most we can get before people get pissed off?" And I think Hulu's been playing with that for years, yeah. And seeing how far we can, you know, can we show them six ads a commercial break? Can we show them ten ads? Um, <laughs> a and, million ads? And they would love to, believe me. Uh, so it it'll be interesting to see see the balance going forward, but. Hopefully, we will see these these mergers, and I will certainly say I think the AT and T Directv has a much better shot of passing regulatory approval. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you look at a company like Comcast, which owns NBC. I mean, they're hugely vertically integrated. Um, mm, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Which is which AT and T isn't. Yeah. Right. Uh, they're that just that also makes me feel better. I love that. Yeah. So, so I- it's it's good. One other thing I'll quickly note about the AT and T thing, and then we'll move on, uh, is that. Uh, you may know DirecTV has the NFL Sunday ticket package through right. 2015, 2016. Uh, it's interesting to note that the AT&T deal specifically implies that if DirecTV doesn't re-sign the NFL Sunday ticket deal exclusively, they have the ability to drop out of the deal hmm. based solely on that one aspect. So I guess that kind of indicates how important Sunday ticket is to DirecTV and to AT&T. Yes, yeah, I will say that Sunday Ticket has gotten me thinking about getting DirecTV simply for that. Sunday Ticket sells satellites. I mean, that's a that's a absolute yep. fact. Um, and there there have been rumors for years that NFL wants to expand it. Yeah. Um, Last year, you could get a Sunday Ticket pass without having DirecTV if you bought Madden yes. twenty fourteen. Yeah, I came this close to buying the game using the yeah, code and reselling it. I probably will this year because <laughs> it's such a it's such a good deal. Um, 
<laughs> I get so spoiled when uh, you know the Red Zone channel, and you get yeah. Oh my God, it's like football on you know on acid. It's crazy. <laughs> like all the touchdowns. Uh, love it. All right. Well, let's move on because we've got another major acquisition. That's also our other top story. This one may be a little sexier than DirecTV, AT&T, um, but it's also worth a lot less. Uh, we've talked about Twitch.tv on the show before. You may know them as the company that streams all those video games on the Internet. Uh, you may also know YouTube. They're the company that owns all the videos on the Internet. Well, uh, the rumor is they're getting together. Uh, YouTube and Google uh, is near securing a roughly billion-dollar buyout of the live streaming service Twitch. Uh, Twitch has been around since 2011 and is uh, regularly one of the most uh, busy trafficked websites on the internet, apparently. I didn't even know this. Uh, at peak hours, pushing more traffic than places like Facebook and Amazon. Well, to be fair, streaming video I will is agree. a lot heavier than... than <laughs> oh, you're than telling me Facebook is Twitch using up all my bandwidth? <laughs> yeah. Um... Twitch has also been big this year. They've gotten integrated into PlayStation and Xbox. Um, they've done huge, and it looks like uh, YouTube wants to buy them. It's also been noted that uh, they've had offers from other companies. The only one uh, explicitly named is Microsoft. They supposedly turned that down. Uh, you may know YouTube uh, has their own live streaming service currently. It's what we use to do our show, um, but it hasn't quite caught on as fast as Twitch.tv. Do you guys have any... Uh, Immediate thoughts on um, on this deal. Immediate thoughts are like it bums me out to see another thing getting swallowed into Google or any of the the large tech companies. Uh, that being said, I'd rather see them go to Google, who doesn't have a stake in the console market, than to Microsoft, who does. I can absolutely um, agree with that. Yeah, and I also like. I don't know how Twitch makes money, so like I'd rather see them go to Google than like cease to exist because they don't make money. That, that's they do, they do ads, right? I'm pretty sure that it does ads. As you're watching, yeah. you'll get an ad every ten minutes or something like that. They do, and you can also you, you can also, go pro too. I think. Yeah, that's what it is. You can pay for a subscription. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I mean. I don't. So I will say I don't actually. I've never really used Twitch TV. Um, I'm not you a didn't big. Play Pokemon. <laughs> I I didn't. I looked at it once. It was cool. It um, was pretty entertaining. Yeah. I I forget what I was gonna say now. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, why YouTube would want this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've YouTube Live has really, I mean, I wouldn't call it a failure, but it certainly hasn't been a blown out success, um, right. like Google has wanted it to. And as someone who produces the show through YouTube Live, I mean, I'll say their tools kind of suck. Yeah. Um, and you go through all the all the software and all these tools, and Twitch is already somehow embedded in everything, but YouTube isn't. Mm -hmm. And you know, you go to a, a a live page on Twitch, and there's a chat room, and there's interactive features, and there's the live player, and there's a schedule, and all this stuff. And you go to YouTube Live, and it's just like your regular YouTube channel that will randomly pop up your live video. There wasn't a lot to me, a lot of thought and strategy behind YouTube doing YouTube Live, and it's been slow, almost like Google Plus. You know, uh, they did it because they had to, not because they had some fun idea of how to do it right. Right. 
Well, I mean, YouTube is already a thing, right? So it was trying to shim this live streaming yeah. streaming into the thing that already is YouTube. Whereas Twitch, like, has been this from the beginning. Yeah. I think they also, like... I mean, I feel... Did Twitch... It seems like they started with a games angle. Yeah. Yeah, well, which, it's the same people behind... Do you know Justin.tv? The live streaming yeah. service? It's the same people, and they just kind of spun well, this off. Interesting. Yeah, Twitch is pretty much solely for video games. They will actually, yeah. if you have a channel that doesn't do video games, they'll actually kick you off. I mean, it's in the rules. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have yeah, a friend I that think... instead of doing work all day, just watches speedruns on Twitch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's a... Uh, I don't know. I think starting starting and going after that, going for that market specifically was a real good idea. Absolutely. Uh, like, and I'm sure that's why, like... Well, I mean, that's a, I, I think that's another reason that YouTube probably didn't, like, hasn't been particularly successful, like, because they, they just, like, added it, like, it was just another thing in YouTube. That, that's like, true. And they don't, you know, they don't heavily promote it. I mean, it's really, you've got to go out of your way to use it. Right, right. Uh, but, yeah. of course, the advantage to YouTube, as far as, you know, I, I was looking into doing live clients for this and the other shows, and YouTube Live is the only one that doesn't force commercials and doesn't force you to pay. You know, that's really the upshot and the advantage, because Google has the scale to do it for... Right. Free. For free. <laughs> and I think, you know, you, you talk about, you know, we want Twitch to be independent, and I agree, but... You know, if you're a social network, it's one thing. But if you're pushing massive amounts of live video over the internet, you I think at some point you're either going to need a major amount of cash or you're going to need someone to buy you like Google who has the resources to do it. Yeah, right. Like at some point, and especially if they're going to have to start paying, you know, fucking Comcast to get their oh, videos. To people, like, <laughs> it, it, I mean, storing for another day, but like... <laughs> They're they're in a a high overhead bi internet business, I guess, which there there aren't that many of. Like, you 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 have to, have to either get to a, a a very large scale user wise, or like be serving video, I guess, to have mm -hmm. to worry about stuff like that right yeah. now. Um, yeah, it, it. They do have a pretty huge scale with users. I can I can attest to that. Yeah, but, during some like major uh, major esports tournaments, they can people will take the site down. And for Twitch plays Pokemon, they had a whole uh, there was a whole like post mortem where they had to move. They had to do like some crazy gymnastics with their servers and stuff to get to prevent that stream from falling because it just had hundreds of or at least tens of thousands of people watching it at the same time <laughs> and people would just crash the chat yeah yeah and the ceo of twitch has come right out and said that they're struggling and straining under the the pressure and that right. either they get acquired or they raise a massive amount of money to to invest in the company right yeah yeah it makes sense like and it you know like going to google does give them that that you know, Google has the the diverse portfolio of things that they make money off of. I guess mm -hmm. the biggest one being ads, but like, you know, they're they're uh, they have a future. I guess 
You know, I, I think that was like one of the same reasons that like the the Oculus people decided to come to Facebook. It was like avoiding very major problem, major, major money problems in the near future. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll just I'll I'll wrap us up by saying this. You know, when Google bought YouTube back in 2006, if you can believe it, for 1.65 billion. Remember that? Uh, people thought they were crazy. People were like a, a billion and a half dollars for this little site, and now you know YouTube's one of the most valuable properties on the internet, um, and and makes Google actually is one of the few parts of Google that actually is bringing in revenue. Um, so, a, 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 I would in no way be surprised if five years from now they said, "Man, I can't believe they only bought Twitch for a billion. Google is oh, yeah, now I wouldn't the, be surprised at all. YouTube is now the premier live streaming." place on the internet and it's where all live production's happening and that wouldn't surprise me at all so this is this is a no-brainer i think for google and 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 not a bad idea for twitch so yeah yeah cool stuff wonderful well uh now that we've moved on from our top story uh how about a little trivia challenge now tom is new uh, so Tom, Tom, you may not know, uh, we do a trivia challenge every week uh, where I ask normally Colby and Dan a couple questions, but, uh, do you think you can handle our, our trivia challenge? Sure. I can try. Uh, I like to, to theme it after our top story and this week's top story was all about mergers and acquisitions. So we're doing mergers and acquisitions trivia. All right. Now we've done this before. <laughs> Last time it was all about tech. So this time it has nothing to do with technology. <laughs> this is going to go well. Um, so I've got three questions. Let me take a sip of my coffee. Um, and I'll start with this, and this is to whomever wants to... This is open to both of you, whoever wants to try and answer. Uh, simple question. What is the largest merger in corporate history? Largest merger. Mm. You'll know it when you hear it. So th- this, 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 is, th- this is something you'll know. I'll give I'm going to say, like, just wild guess, J.P. Morgan and Chase. No. Because... They were originally separate, I'm pretty sure. Nope. I'll, gi- I'll give you a hint. It's not in the financial sector. Is it in cars? It is not in cars. Damn. Let's what say, sector it, is it in? It, it, they're both consumer-facing businesses. Consumer-facing businesses. <laughs> Late 90s. Height was, of the I tech was... bubble. I was like eight year old, eight years old in the in the late nineties. Um, it was an enormous. You weren't, you weren't staying on top of acquisitions and mergers. <laughs> no. It was, was an like enormous. With Legos. It was an enormous disaster. Hmm. I have no idea. That's it. We're giving up. It would be mm. AOL Time Warner. Uh, for one hundred and eighty-six point two billion dollars. $186.2 billion. Wow. And it was an absolute friggin' disaster. Yeah. Uh, Alright, uh, yes. Is a is AOL still a part of Time Warner? No, they split that. I don't know how long ago. Oh, okay. But they did. Um, nice. Alright, here's your next question. This one's multiple choice, and it'll go to the both of you. Uh, which major sports league has never merged with a rival league. Is it, only one of these has never merged. The other three have. Is it the NFL, the NBA, MLB, or NHL? 
And we'll, we'll have Tom answer first because he's our guest. Which has never merged with a rival league at some point in the league's history? NFL, NBA, MLB, or NHL? Oof. I'll go with NHL. You're going to go with NHL. Colby, your guess? I'm going to say the NFL because the NFL is not that old, but I'm probably wrong. Well, you're both good guesses, but they're both wrong. Is it? The NFL merged with the AFL. Yeah. National oh. Hockey League merged with the World Hockey Association. The NBA merged with the ABA. MLB never merged with anyone. Huh. So I thought about that for a second. I was like, oh, does this – I wonder if this counts like the leagues within. But then I was like, well, it, it, if that's the case, it can't be baseball because there's two leagues in baseball too. But Yeah, it was pre – because nothing's merged with MLB. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So prior to that. And all right, here's your last one. This is one of my favorite quiz questions we've ever done on this show. Which of these company names was not created by combining two existing company names in the merger? Like ExxonMobil would be when they combine the companies, right? So is it Pennzoil, Toshiba, Haagen-Dazs, YoPlay? One of those is not a merged name. The other three are. So which one is not? Colby, you get to go first. Is it Pennzoil, Toshiba, Hagen dazs or YoPlay? You could have asked the question in the reverse ha- order. I don't think I'd know. Hagen dazs Hagen dazs is your guess. That was not created by combining two companies. Tom, what's your guess? I'm going to go with Toshiba. You're going to go with Toshiba? Uh, well, let's start. Pennzoil was a combination of South, Penn's o- South Penn Oil and Zapata Oil. YoPlay was a combination of Yola and CoPlay, believe it or not. Um, I love that. Uh, Toshiba was a combination of the Tokyo Electric Company and the, Shib- the Shibayura Engineering Works. Hagendas is a made-up word by a Brooklyn couple who invented the brand. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's not even you know Finnish or Swedish or whatever it's supposed to be it's made up and doesn't mean anything so congratulations Colby wins good job that was fun I I, there's a whole website list of all these combined names they're so funny that was a great one that was good but gosh we can't (laughs) stay on that because we've got so much news to get to let's do it Alright, um, is there any particular story you guys want to talk about first? I'll, I'll give you the option, and then I'll select one if you don't. Can we talk about Swarm? We can talk about Swarm, absolutely. Now, we talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago. Facebook, uh, Facebook Foursquare announced they were splitting their app into two apps. Um, taking the, the check-in social aspect, putting that in one app, and taking the recommendations and tips aspect, putting that in another. Uh, well, the first half of that combination has been released. It's called Swarm, and it's now available for iPhone and Android. Uh, the way this app works, I'll actually, I can show it, um, is it's essentially just the check-in side of Facebook. So, uh, Facebook Foursquare. Oh, my God, I don't know why I keep saying that. So uh, the way it works is you log in with your same Foursquare account. It tells you which of your friends are nearby. So, for example, it says uh, on mine, it says Dan is in Dublin, Ireland. Not really nearby, but you get the idea. Um, And you just simply check the uh, hit the check in button. It gets your location immediately. You just put, you know, what you're up to and you check in. It's really straightforward uh, and gives you all the information for your friends, specifically how close they are. Uh, It also does this thing called neighborhood sharing, which... Um, 
even when you don't even when you don't explicitly post, it will let your friends know the general area in which uh, you are currently, and that's why it knows Dan is in uh, Dublin, despite the fact he hasn't specifically checked in there. Um, so have you guys uh, tried Swarm? I know Colby has. I have. Have you, Tom? Are you, I were you Foursquare? Four? I got this. So I use Foursquare, and I got the little like pop-up. Like You should check out Swarm, because it'll tell you where your friends are nearby. But I don't have any friends that use Foursquare that are anywhere near me. <laughs> so it doesn't seem like problem. it's of any use to me. Yeah. That's a, the problem I'm having is that, like, similarly, not a lot of people I know use use Foursquare or use Swarm now. There's still, like, like Joey Carmelo and some right. the other the other Maris people um, who are out here use it. But, like, other than them, there I have, like, one friend who, who checks in. And, like, like, all it ever tells me is that, like, she she works at Google, so all it ever tells me is that she's like twenty miles away at Google when I'm at work <laughs> in 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 Menlo Park. But like, it's I'm still checking in, but like, I don't I don't I don't know why I'm checking in. I used to. <laughs> it's this is we we talked. I feel like we talked about this last time. Like, I don't know why I would check into Foursquare so religiously either. Like. I just liked to do it and I liked that it was some it, it felt somehow associated with the recommendations for things that I would get when I was using recommendation but now it just doesn't feel that way and I don't know what to do. I don't so, I I like using Foursquare check-ins not as like a social thing but as a way to remind myself what I've done and like what I liked. Yeah. Like if I like something I'll be like, "Oh, I'm going to check this in. Like this was cool." And I don't know. I mean, I guess it's nice having Swarm. I can see it being really useful in a big city, but I'm not really in a big city, so it's not doesn't seem that useful to me. Yeah. You mean Norwalk is not a big city? <laughs> I don't understand. See, and I only use it because I'm a sucker for the mayor and the the, the stupid right. competition, useless badge aspect of it. Oh, I, I like badge. badge. I mean, in general, though, the badges were great because, like, when you checked in. Like you got to know something about what you've been doing. Like yeah, you, the analytics like, side I've, of it is interesting, right? Like I've been to a million taquerias. Cool. Or like <laughs> is there a the, my my favorite one was when you when you got off of the plane and checked in at the airport. It'll tell you how far you traveled since your last check. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of little things like that, and I, I hope that with Swarm they really focus on it. I mean, I will say that I think Swarm is a really uh, nice app. I think it's really fluid. It's really well put together. Um, I actually enjoy using it more so than I say the check-in experience uh, previously in Foursquare. I don't know, Colby, if you've had the same experience, but... Yeah, I think uh, I think checking in is easier. Yeah, well... And I, I, yeah. I do like the neighborhood sharing. Like, I like that that's on, right? Yeah, well, and it's even just more broad. And the fact that it's always on your screen, too. It's like you don't have to scroll through the history of where everyone's been. It's just like, oh, you know, Colby's here. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder what he's doing there. And and I just think it's more... And again, we talked about why why would you split these two apps. And I think it's it allows to focus on each of the aspects more specifically and add features. You know, like I said, if we had friends who lived near us... Uh, you know, they have like the, the make nearby plans with people feature and, you know, see how nearby people are. 
Yeah. That's the other thing that I would like to try is to, like, create a plan. Because that was, cool. like, that was my, my junior year interactive media project. That was what my team <laughs> did. And I didn't build it, so Foursquare built it for me. But I don't have anyone to use it with still, so. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I think I think it's a really great experience, and I'm really excited to see the um, the big update to Foursquare they push. So now, if you if did they you, did they push it? Uh, not yet. Uh, I don't. I'm oh. gonna look and see if there's a date. Now, if you get Swarm, they'll actually show you a a new. It's not a new version of Foursquare. It's just the current Foursquare with all the social stuff stripped out. Mm. Um, and they say in the coming weeks there'll be a a, a new version of the main app. Um, so I'm excited uh, to see what they do. If it's anything like Swarm, it'll be uh, it'll be really awesome. And I hate Yelp. I really don't like using it. Me too. I would really like mm. to use Foursquare more. Um, yep. And if they, you know, the current app is just meh. If they can make a really slick, awesome app, I'm so thrilled. Because to me, Foursquare has way better specific recommendations through tips and things like that than uh, Yelp or other services. All of my friends are far, far away. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I see you there. I'm so alone. You guys are both far, far away. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hilarious. So, yeah, Swarm, uh, Android, iOS, check it out, and uh, stay tuned. To Don't oh, Panic, we'll, uh, we'll update you in the new version. Oh, look, Thomas is in Connecticut. Yeah, one cool feature that it's really – so, like, I thought the neighborhood sharing could be kind of creepy, but it is insanely easy to turn it off. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they do. They do. Like really you just swipe, and yep. it just—it's also insanely general. It's not even like like mine says in San Francisco. It doesn't even say like in the Mission or you know. It could be way it's a city, you know. Yeah, right. Which which I is which is nice. And it was like, for example, when when you know Dan showed up in in Ireland. I mean, he didn't specifically check in, but it said he was in Ireland, and I'm like, you know, being That's even cool. just even just broadly knowing where people are is interesting. So. Yeah. Um that that's really sweet. I have to say I'm a I'm a big fan. Yeah. Uh let's talk another story. We got any uh recommendations for what we should talk about next or should I jump into something else? Uh, I kind of want to talk Xbox. about Halo or the Xbox, but that's cuz that's the sort of thing I like. All right. Hey, let's do You know what? Let's let's do a whole Microsoft segment uh, cuz we don't talk about All Microsoft right. enough, damn it. It's been a while. A lot of Microsoft stuff um, here. And I'll, I'll tease it now and again at the end of the show. You know, we're not doing a show next week, but our June 2nd show. Do you know what June 2nd is? No. It's the WWDC keynote ah. day. So we will Ooh. be coming to you. It's 10 a.m. Pacific. We will be coming to you that night with full wall-to-wall, nonstop, action-packed, <laughs> thrilling coverage of whatever Tim Cook talks about. Is, is that a Monday or a Tuesday? That is a Monday. Nice. Yep, that's Thanks the first day of the conference. I'm uh, excited. So we got to talk about Microsoft this week. And then, and then after WWDC, we're going to talk about Google I.O. So, Google I.O. So let's talk about Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft announced last week that it will be selling uh, the Xbox One without a Kinect, and they're going to drop $100 off of it. Uh, there was a lot of discussion and debate when it was first announced, uh, the Xbox One, that it came by default with, an, uh, with a Kinect, including always-on, talk-to-it type features, um, and the fact that it was expensive at $499, $100 more uh, than their competitor, the PlayStation 4. So uh, Microsoft finally relented and said they're going to release an Xbox One without Kinect on June 9th. 
and the fact that you will be able to buy a separate Kinect sensor uh, later this fall. Uh, they also announced at the same time that uh, they are dropping the requirement to have an Xbox Live Gold subscription for streaming apps. Uh, previously, you had to have Xbox Gold to watch things like Netflix, Hulu, uh, and other services. At this point, uh, you no longer are required to do that. Awesome. Yay! Yeah, that's good stuff. Good on you, Microsoft. That's just to catch up with Sony, really. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's just... I, it, it was greed. It, it really was greed. I mean, do they really need yeah. the the extra money? No. Well, they, they were don't. the first to offer it, and yeah. the only and it it seemed reasonable at first. I had I've had a gold subscription for I don't know probably almost ten years now. Just terrifying to think about. I've had a gold subscription since gold subscriptions have existed, and it seemed reasonable at first. Yeah, and I think it's also like. I mean, it's. I think this is an especially big deal for considering that, like, like dropping the the base price to three ninety nine to to be competitive with the PlayStation. Because I mean, that's what when when the PS three and the three sixty came out. That was like the PS three was like two hundred dollars more, right? Yeah, yep. that's a lot. And and for, correct me if I'm wrong, but the three sixty like owned them at least at first. Yeah. Um, and you know, I really think that's why it was like cost is well, definitely I, a big part of it, right? And it's like I kind of like PlayStation, but I also don't think it's worth an extra two hundred dollars. So fuck it. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think it makes a lot of sense. And also, I mean, dropping that that subscription requirement for that makes even more sense. But I, I guess the other question is, you know. One of the main highlight features of the Xbox One is the new Connect, is the new Always On, Always Listening. Um, and now that they're not bundling it, and I, I think it's fair to say, without any actual proof or fact, that more people are more likely to buy the 399 one because they don't want a Connect. Mm -hmm. So this is really X, this is really Microsoft saying. We're more interested in selling Xboxes than we are making Connect a standard. Is that fair to say? And is that the right that thing fair. for them to do? It seems fair, but it's also sad because while I never really liked my Connect all that much when I had one for the 360, it definitely showed promise. And this kind of makes it sound like they're saying, well, you don't need to connect anymore. So not every game can say, well, you have a connect, so you can do something really cool with it. Like that was one of the neat things about the Xbox One was any exclusive Xbox One game could say, we know that this person will have a connect. And we know that they'll be able to do like jumping jacks or something and uh, like yeah. level their character up. Yeah, I think it's a, it's one of those like, developer user chicken and the egg problems like mm -hmm. i th from from all accounts the connect is really cool and you can do like crazy shit with it but the motivation to do things for it is pretty limited because the user base is also pretty limited and especially there are very very few exclusives these days so if you're adding connect features you're adding you're adding connect features it's not this is part of the game it's like oh well we're going to like mass effect 3 i want to say 
on the Xbox, you could like shout at your squad and tell them to do things, but was that really valuable for them to add that in? Probably not. Well, and I, I think it goes back to this this idea that, I mean, I would make the argument that PlayStation 4 has been more successful because they focused on what these consoles are, game mm-hmm. machines. It's yep. really good at playing games and doing things around games and about games. And mm-hmm. all the Xbox did was bells and whistles, the TV stuff and the Kinect stuff and the Always On stuff and the, you know, all this extra fluff that I, I just, I don't, I mean, I get it's cool and it's interesting and yeah, it's a value add, but at the same time, is it worth $100 more? You know, I don't, yeah. I don't think so. And I think, I think Microsoft is learning quickly that people don't, people aren't going to buy a $400 or $500 game console to watch Netflix on. Mm-hmm. That's not why they're well, buying it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I feel like the other part of that is it like, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the, the reviews on the, the secondary features, like the TV stuff were pretty underwhelming, right? Like Mm -hmm. it was like, this is sort of cool, but it's just okay. Like it's not, you know, like it didn't sound like it's particularly game changing or well done. Um, Which reminds like, it from from the sounds of it, it made me think of like Samsung f- software on their phones and not like something that actually mattered. Whereas like you know, whereas like Apple would never release something unless it was perfect, unless it was a Maps application. Yeah, or or it was Siri. All right, I think that, that. Apple, one's perfect. Apple will release really important core things that are mediocre but they won't release stupid stuff um no no and you're and you're and you're totally right and you know classic microsoft you know well that was the whole joke too like when they were doing all the e3 stuff last year like they spliced together a minute of the guy just saying tv yeah the xbox (laughs) uh, release announcement yeah they talk honestly more about tv than you know games and things like that so you know i i just yeah it'll be interesting to see the long-term plans for connect and the xbox and um you know while we're talking about xbox tom i know you've said something about halo something something yeah well the the halo 5 is like announced again because they announced it last year but then they announced it again this year so i'm pretty sure they said it's going to come out next year but they're gonna yeah but they're doing uh a like one through four collector's edition on the Xbox One, which actually might give me a reason to buy the Xbox One, which is kind of cool. Because mm-hmm. Halo Two is kind of the greatest. Tom, if ever. you buy an Xbox One, you won't be able to play Destiny with Dan and I. Oh, you guys are okay. All right. I mean, so that's, well, the, so this, see, that's one of the things that saddens me about uh, Microsoft is that their networks are not very open. Sony has always been pretty cool with having like cross-platform multiplayer, but Microsoft never has. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That that does bum me out. I mean, that's bummed me out for a long time that yeah. I can't. Because if, if I could do it, I would definitely get an Xbox One. I would probably already have an Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can't do it, so I don't care. That's a, you know, uh, that's a, a, maybe the consoles aren't really old enough, but I, I'm surprised that there isn't more of a market for re-releasing remastered old games. We see it in movies, and we see Nintendo recycling their characters like it's nobody's yeah. business. 
But I, I I don't know what other than Halo you would really recycle. Sony does it a lot. I don't know. They have a lot of collector's editions. Like, they have God of War. They uh, have a Shadow of the Colossus and Ico bundle. I'm pretty sure they have... Uh, uh, I forget the name of the game. But they have a lot of stuff like that, which yeah. is cool. And I own a few of them. It's nice to be able to put in a single disc and play yeah. a better-looking version of a bunch of different copies of a game you played a long time ago. Because I feel like that's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, if, yeah. it's, oh, yeah. if it was good. And I feel like it's it's the sort of thing that a lot of people would be like, oh, I'm just going to keep my 360 because I want to play Halo still. But, yeah. you know, if you can play newer, faster, prettier Halo on, on the X-Bone for another 60 bucks or something, it's like, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um. Sweet. Well, you know, let's move on to what's what's more fun than Xbox? Microsoft Surface. Uh, at an event this week, Microsoft announced the Surface Pro Three. Um, Ooh, do those do those keys actually depress when you click them? Um, yeah, they do. They but they did that before. That's not new. Oh, oh, that is new. Well, no, they had they had two keyboards. They had the soft touch, which didn't, and the type cover, which did. I see. I've yeah. only, I only ever saw the soft touch at this store, and I hated it. But you'll be happy to know this, this new one does have a new, uh, slightly larger touchpad. It also has backlit keys. Um, but let's start at the beginning. So you may know Microsoft is, Surface is the uh, tablet device made by Microsoft. They've obviously made two of them before, uh, and this is the third. So uh, the interesting highlights here, you know, uh, previously it had... The Surface had a 16 by 9 aspect ratio, and a lot of people complained it was kind of awkward to hold. You'll notice that your iPad is closer to a, I don't know, a 3 2 kind of, I don't know, it's a weird aspect ratio, but it's a little more square than it is I think long. The, the iPad is 16 10, right? Or is it is it weirder than that? No, it is weirder than that. I have no I idea. So. That's, that's a good question. Yes, it's, it's squarer. We'll just say it's squarer. Yes. Right. Um, well, you'll be happy to know the new Surface went along with that. Uh, it now has a 12-inch display uh, that has a 3 by 2 aspect ratio, so it is that similar square size. Um, it has a, a better display, no surprise. It's also thinner and lighter, uh, and it's inside running uh, Intel Core processors from an i3 to an i7. Uh, so oh, wow. Hmm? I'm sorry, just saying wow. Yes, the thinnest Didn't Intel Core product ever made. Whoa! Uh, at their announcement, they put it on a little scale next to a MacBook Air, which is heavier. Uh, I assume it's the MacBook Air. Yes, yes, you're right. You nailed that. Uh, one of the other big improvements, of course, uh, is the kickstand, which is one of the things the Surface is known for. They have a new friction hinge. Um, it gives you much more angles, including a lower angle, um, and supposedly makes it better to use on your lap, which was kind of awkward as the old one. Mm-hmm. Let's talk, um, it runs 8.1, Windows 8.1, no surprising. Uh, it comes with a pen, so that's cool. (laughs) Like a stylus? Like a stylus, indeed. And they do all kinds of writing recognition things and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, pre-orders begin, uh, this week at $7.99 for the base model, which includes an i3 processor. Um, and you can get internal storage ranging from 64 to 512 gigabytes and RAM ranging from 4 to 8 gigabytes. Any thoughts on the Surface Pro 3? I will say it looks pretty nice. Like, it sounds impressive. 
But it, so having looked and a little bit played with surfaces before, um, it's like there used to be obvious things that were that were like, well, this is kind of cool, but like I know I won't like this right now. Like the weird display size. Um, that's one thing I always hated about Android tablets is that they're like they're useless in portrait mode because they're so thin. Um, so yeah, I to be honest, like if it didn't run Windows, I would totally buy one. <laughs> I can agree it's, with that. It's good hardware, but you're not really into the whole Windows thing. No, <laughs> you don't want to put Linux. Is there a I touch Linux? I mean, there is, yeah. but it's going to be mediocre, right? Like. Yeah. I think I think I would rather run Windows 8 than touch Linux, but <laughs> I just can't like I can't do my work on that. And it's it's not cheap enough to justify buying one that I can't do work on. Well, why can't you do work on it? Cuz I can't I can't Unix on a on a Windows. You could so putty. I could, but I'm not going to. <laughs> well, you know, I, and Colby, you have to remember, uh you and Tom are not examples of average consumers. Yeah, I don't care about everything. <laughs> I'm talking about me right now. That's fair. No, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I do. I mean, I I will say, as the voice of the average consumer on the show, um, that this is an incredibly compelling device. Probably the most compelling Surface released. I think dropping sixteen by nine was very smart uh, of them because it is awkward to hold. Mm-hmm. And I think the iPad has proved that, and the first Surface has proved that. So uh, that's great. I think the hardware is killer. I've always liked the Surface hardware. This one looks even better. To me, this may... If, if I still think the iPad is a really great tablet, but if you're looking for a full Windows computer, this actually is now up near the top of my list of recommendations. Yeah, this seems like the first, like... Like computer tablet that like takes yeah. takes like good things from the iPad actually makes um, sense as both yeah right and like you know I can just imagine like if this stylus is good which I I don't know there are some pictures like that seem to be demoing that it was good and like I'm sure it's terrible for writing but maybe not like I don't know you know and it's it's this other idea too people have to remember you know you Colby said you have a work laptop you have your Mac mini at your desk, well, you could imagine, you know, you take your Surface with you on the go, and then you dock it when you get home and use your cinema display and your keyboard and your mouse. And, um, oh, I'm sorry, you can't imagine that because you refuse to use Windows. But I can imagine that. Um, <laughs> I also can't imagine a world in which you can plug a Surface Pro into a into a, a cinema, cinema display. display. Yeah. <laughs> You're telling me there's no Thunderbolt port on the uh, Surface Pro three? Uh, you can only get like an HDMI to Thunderbolt adapter. Dongles. I don't know. I don't, maybe. Maybe you can. You uh, probably can. You uh, must be. It might have a mini display port. I yeah. don't know. I'd have to check. You, you can go the other way. You can get HDMI to Thunderbolt. Like, you yeah. can use other... Like, there are adapters to get other things into your Mac. It's just... I don't know if there are things to get other isn't, things into the cinema display. Isn't Thunderbolt the same thing as mini display port? It just doesn't have... It has, like, less pin Or has more pins or something like that? Well, Thunderbolt is new and crazy. Like, I don't know. It, it still works. With, it's compatible with Mini DisplayPort. Right. right? Yeah. But okay. I don't know. Like, I, 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 I suspect there, there are people who put in many hours that would take, take issue with 
suggesting it's the same. <laughs> How rude of us. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't. I, I'm not qualified to answer that question. That no. keyboard looks cool, though. It does, and 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 you know they said as each update to the keyboards come out, they've gotten better and better. Um, I guess my only two remaining points with this are one I made. You may remember on our end of 2013 prediction show, mm-hmm. I said that the large tablet is going to be big in 2014. A 13-inch iPad, we're going to see an iPad Pro, and we're going to see people doing more productivity on tablets. And I think this proves my point, that there was rumors going around for a while Microsoft was going to release a mini Surface, a 7-inch Surface, and then all of a sudden they come out with a larger Surface. And to mm-hmm. me, I think that's more interesting. I think there's a market for the because whole range. Because you were right. Because I was right, really. Let's Come on, that's really the only reason I care. But I think there is a place for this range of 7-inch all the way up to a 13-inch tablet. I mean, I think there is a market for that. My other... Oh, I, th- yeah. I think you're absolutely right in that... I apologize to interrupt, but I'm going to. Um, like, I feel like there's a whole lot of jobs that could be made better with a touchy, stylusy computer. And it's just that the the like accuracy of such input devices has just not been there yet and like maybe this is it maybe it's still not quite there but you know i can see how it would be cool for some people who do certain types of things and then my my other point would be why no update for the surface rt no update for an arm surface that's interesting to me it, I don't think that sold very well, did it? It didn't. It was a freaking disaster. They took like a billion dollar write-off on it. Yeah. But yeah. does that mean they've given yeah. up? Does that mean they went back to the drawing board? You know, what, what does what what does that mean, I guess is my point, is that they, they there was no word, not even a slight mention. So, you know, is the idea now that if you can get Intel products thin and light enough, why do we need ARM? Well, maybe like... Maybe Microsoft is is trying to shoot for a different corner of the tablet market that isn't so cramped yet. Mm. Like the the arm lightweight, like not really a computer market is already pretty full mm. with the iPad. Um, but like this this Surface Pro is like clearly not an iPad, right? It's a a real computer with a real processor and like real programs and a real keyboard so like i maybe maybe that's a smart move right now and especially since i mean getting software on on an rt is that was the hard part right whereas with this you already have the software even if it's not like great touch software it's still the software that people use well and that's what that was kind of the whole point one of the big points in the announcement where people have an ipad but you know, some like 96% of them also have a laptop or a desktop, Mm -hmm. you know, and the idea of combining these two products, you know, I'll also point out that at a 799 base price, I'm assuming you can figure it out. It's a grand. I mean, what's, what's an air costing these days? More than that. I think the air started, started I think they're 899 now. Are they? The 11 inches, they dropped the price, I think 500 bucks. Yeah. So at, at minimum, you're in the same range. And depending on configurations, it might actually be cheaper. So I think that's also an important thing to know, mm-hmm. is that if you're a Windows user, you can now get a device that is very good looking, very light, very portable, a la the Air, but you're going to be running Windows. And it's touch also, and it's a tablet. 
Yeah. I also like the the keyboard colors. Like that orange one is yeah. like the Colby ColbyR.com orange. <laughs> nice. But I do I, like that orange. My new goal in life is to see if I can get Colby to buy a surface. Nope. <laughs> if if Apple <laughs> came out with a with an air that's top spun around, I would immediately buy it. Yeah, I, would I don't probably. even care if it worked well. I would immediately buy it. <laughs> it could be a piece of crap, but Tom is going to buy it. That's a you would buy Apple fan for you. That worked well. That's that's how it works, right? That's how Apple succeeds. Exactly. Yeah. People like no, you. I think that me, I that's something that I think that they're sorely missing. But that's to be honest, I would buy an iPad Pro or like yeah. maybe I would not buy an iPad that was just you know yeah. bigger. But I would buy an iPad that, like... Well, if they made a serious hardware keyboard, you could attach to it. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I'm not even sure I care about the keyboard, though. I just, like... You want OS... Mac OS? Yeah. Or something, like... An actual OS. Yeah. Right. The keyboard doesn't matter all the time. You can get pretty good at typing on regular... On uh, fake keyboards. Yeah. Well, you know, you're, I guess all, everyone's just going to have to tune into our WWDC coverage to see if maybe Apple announces a touchscreen laptop. They won't, but they might. <laughs> um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, we've run out of time for stories. It means we're going to have to move on to, uh, yeah, I know, Colby, I'm sorry. Was, was there a story we missed you wanted to talk about? No. Okay. Twitter music. T- yeah, Twitter, which, by the way, that deal apparently fell apart today, so. Uh-huh. What deal? Twitter was in talks to acquire oh. SoundCloud, but the deals yeah. fell apart today. Mm. Considering how well Twitter music went, it was such a no-brainer. Um, but I still don't understand the point. I, I, well, Twitter wants to be short-form everything. They've got Vine for short-form video. They've got short-form oh. text. SoundCloud is short-form music. Audio. I see. Um, still dumb, though. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's move on. we got to do our pick. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to jump in and go first because I'm rude like that. Uh, and I'm going to talk about XSplit. Uh, so what is XSplit? Let me share my screen here so all of you at home can see what I'm talking about. Um, you may be wondering, wow, Sean, your show is really highly produced. You've got music and video and graphics and all these things. You must put in an insane amount of time and money to do that. Well, you'd be wrong. I put in no time and effort. No, that's not true. Uh, what I actually do is, um, let's see, add screen region to the graphics. Okay. No, what I actually use is a, a piece of software called XSplit. Now, I've tried, I swear, every single piece of live production software on the market. I've tried all of them, and I could not find one that, for the money and the features and the CPU usage and all these different things put together, nothing really worked for what I needed. Uh, XSplit was recommended to me, and uh, essentially what it is, they have two products. I use XSplit Broadcaster, and it just allows you to bring in um, audio files, video files, graphics, you know, Skype streams, screen regions, all these different aspects. Um with pre-programmed buttons, and you can use it as a mixer. And it's got the live streaming built right into it, uh, green screening built right into it, support for capture cards. Uh, the live streaming is really easy to do. It's built in, everything from YouTube to Twitch and Ustream and Justin TV, you name it. 
Uh, it's all built right in, and it's kind of a one-stop shop. That was kind of the annoying thing about the other services, too, was I usually had to output them to something, mess around with it, and then output it again to a live server. Mm-hmm. And it's all built into this, which is really, really awesome. Uh, XSplit also has Gamecaster, which is a piece of software that, you know, if you're a Twitch user or something like that, uh, it's their tool for streaming games. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not free, but, you know, other software was at minimum, at minimum $100, um, closer oh. to two or 300 And the uh, beauty of XSplit is, uh, I'm going to double check, but I believe it's $35 a year. Wow. Yep. Yep. That seems reasonable for it's, what, like, what it's you can do. It's shockingly reasonable. I mean, like I said, I, competitor services don't work as well, are a pain in the ass, yeah. and charge you 10 times that. Um, this is, if you're, obviously, if you're a big corporation or something, you know, you may not want to use this, but if you're kind of just a casual podcaster, streamer, or you stream games, or, um, you know, you're an artist and you're live streaming, drawing, things like that. Uh, XSplit is really excellent software, and I've been super happy. Um, and if you like how this show looks when we do it live, um, then that that's what I use. XSplit.com, X-S-P-L-I-T.com. Uh, Check it out, play around with it. You can download a free trial, uh, goof around with it. It's it's actually a lot of fun. I'm, I'm very satisfied. So that is my pick this week. Uh, Thomas... Cool. Would you like to go next? Sure. Mine's not gonna, I'm not going to be talking for nearly as long. But uh, <laughs> I talk a lot, Tom. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Unreal announced a new Unreal Tournament game that they're actually developing, I want to say in tandem with, but that's not really true. They're just actually just straight up developing it with the community. So I don't know... Um, on their wiki, you can find the information, um, wiki.unrealengine.com, and uh, it's gonna. The whole source is gonna be available on GitHub. It's gonna work on Windows, Mac, and Linux, and you can write like anybody. Like you could add weird particle effects just to have fun, or if you really know what you're doing, you could actually add features to the game. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. I don't. I, I always was interested in doing game development a little bit, and I think it would be a cool way to get some fun, some exciting pull requests on uh, on GitHub. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I always loved the original one, so I'm I'm pumped for a for a Linux version of Unreal Tournament. Now, to the to, to the best of your knowledge, has this happened with any other games before, or is this a first? <sighs> they, I, I mean, I know for at least a, fact a game of this size. Yeah, so there are a lot of early access games, but I can't I can't think of a single open source game that is potentially going to be on the level of something like a AAA game, right? Because Unreal Tournament was a pretty solid, like legit game when it came out. Um, right. So I feel like like correct me if I'm wrong. Like un- I keep saying that today. I don't know why. <laughs> I guess I'm expecting to be wrong a lot. Unreal Tournament, like. I never Unreal Tournament doesn't exactly have a story. It's just it almost yeah. has, has always seemed like a game that they made to like show off what you could do with their yep. their engine. Yeah, um, that's very true. Right. So in a way like it makes sense that it would be open source and in another way it's also really cool cuz that's I feel like that's a view into a world that you just like do not get to see as a like 
I don't know, as it, until like, you know, decades yeah. later when they open source their source code or, you know, um, I don't know. That's, that's awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm pretty excited. If simply to be able to click around the Unreal Tournament source code on GitHub. <laughs> right. Like, I'll definitely look at it. Yeah. I'm not sure I'll understand. Where's the, I'm trying to find the GitHub. You know, I, I'm not even I'm not even a gamer or a programmer, and I just think being the first of this, or just 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 to see how it happens, I think is interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and see if it proves to be an interesting model. So we'll we'll definitely keep tabs on that. Very cool pick, Unreal Tournament coming soon to everything. Yeah, to to, to the <laughs> internet at large. Uh, to something that you can compile near you. That yes, right. <laughs> Very good. Pilot uh, on VMS. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so, Colby, uh, I love when we do hardware picks. I feel like we don't do that enough. Um, and you have got a a interesting concept that's going to get you your your hands dirty uh, in some elbow grease. So, uh, what what is your pick this week? Um, so, a little background. A while ago, I got a Mac Mini because I was like in between computers and I didn't know what to do and I have a work laptop so I was like, and I had this like external monitor so I was like eh I'll just buy this Mac mini like I definitely want a Mac but I don't want to spend like you know 2 million dollars on a new on a new MacBook Pro um that's how much they cost 2 million dollars wow <laughs> just kidding so instead I bought a Mac mini and so one of the things I noticed very quickly after getting it is that coming from a MacBook Air with a, with a solid state hard drive, it's really slow. Like going back to a 5400 RPM, like, you know, spinning platter, old school disk drive is, it's, it's hugely slow. You wouldn't think that it makes that much of a difference, but like literally everything is read from disk all the time. So slow. Um, so it turns out that Mac Minis actually, you can get them with, you know, an extra hard drive or an SSD so that there's room in there for an additional hard drive. So I was, I was looking around, like, into getting an SSD in this Mac Mini, and I, I stumbled across this, this um, I, I forget, I found it on some, some YouTube, like, random podcasty blog thing where the guy was, like, digging around with his Mac Mini, but it's, it's called a data doubler. So it's from OWC, which I believe they make like hard drive things or something. I don't know. They, they make computer stuff, but it costs $30, 2999. Um, and it comes with a ribbon cable to connect an additional hard drive to your logic board. Um, four screwdrivers, a little like prior thing, the screws you need to put in a new hard drive and the, the tool, the special tool you need to take out the logic board in a Mac mini and like detailed with pictures and like red arrows and shit instructions to help you take apart your Mac mini and put it in a new hard drive. Um, so I decided like, Oh, what the heck I'll, I'll, I'll take apart my computer. Um, so I got this thing yesterday and last night I popped open my Mac mini took all took all the guts out it was fun because you literally had to take everything out of it like 
the power supply and the entire logic board and and the hard drive and like down to the like it when I when I got finished taking it apart all I had was this silver shell um and it so in general it was really cool to see how it's put together like it's pretty amazing that they fit all the all that stuff in there so snugly and I feel like that's something Apple's kind of known for with with all their computers that's how they get them so thin and sleek um but it was really cool and the, the instructions were very helpful there are a cr- couple of tricky parts like getting certain plugs out without breaking them kind of things um but now i have a 256 gig solid state drive that i run my os on and i still have my the one terabyte uh regular hard drive in there which i'm using now for like extra storage and time machine backup just to back up my solid state in case the hard drive dies. Oh, you um, can like, can you time machine to something that's inside the same? That's really yeah. cool. You can, you can time machine to any hard drive. It like yells at you. It's like, why would you want to do this? But like, I'm like, <laughs> like this is a great idea. Just trust <laughs> yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So I, I like partitioned it down the middle. It was, it was mm-hmm. like, it was super easy. Like I think it's accessible for anyone like who is mildly technically inclined. Um, you do not need to know computer stuff. You just had to do exactly what it said. Um, and now my computer is super fast. And I don't know, am, how am I coming through? Good. You have been so crisp the entire show, start to finish. So yeah. So so I did. I, worth noting, I also upgraded my RAM, so I got like. 16 megabytes 16 gigs of like super fast ram in here now that's um, insane. yeah compared to the the previous um i the mac mini shipped with like two uh two two gig sticks so it was like four gigs um so that was a huge upgrade and i'm inclined to think that skype is way better because of that but you know i don't know in any case my computer is really fast now and it feels good that is excellent, and you didn't break anything, which is good. So, yeah, yeah, that's the other. It's always thing. The, the the risk you run when you goof around with things like that. So, there 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 were a couple things like in the direction they're like, be very 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 <laughs> careful because if you break this, you have to get it replaced, or your computer will not work. Did you make sure to like wear uh, woolly socks and rub your feet along carpets? <laughs> To get yeah. some static charge built up there. Luckily, we don't have any carpets in my house, so I was just barefoot in the kitchen. <laughs> Very cool. Well, uh, you know, I'll tell everyone out there if you're interested in Colby or any of our pick, uh, we always link them on our website, dopepanic.io. Go to the show episode, uh, click through there because Mac Mini Data Doubler Kit is not fun to search. So uh, <laughs> why, why bother? Dopepanic.io. Uh, all the picks and past episodes are there uh, as well. Very cool. Well, that concludes this week's episode. Tom, thank you so much for being here. We hope you had a good time. Thanks so much for having me on here. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug or promote before we, we send off for the night? Not really. Okay. No one ever does. I always ask. <laughs> Not that exciting. One of these times, someone's going to say yes, and I'm going to be shocked. Actually. Damn. We'd be like, too bad. You can't. <laughs> I'm on Kickstarter. Uh, yeah, no. So... Sarah. 
Uh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Tom, for being on the show. If you like Tom on this, don't forget he was on last week's Change Mode, and we're going to have him on again in the future because he's such a wonderful guest, and we appreciate him being here. Uh, and, of course, thanks to Colby for always being here and actually being seeable this time. Yay. I hope this will continue. Yes, fingers crossed. Uh, it will not continue next week. I'll remind everybody we're not doing a show on May 26th because it is the Memorial Day holiday here in the United States. Uh, but we will be back on June 2nd with wall-to-wall WWDC Apple coverage. Uh, what will they announce? Uh, floating iPhones, magic watches, who knows? Um, <laughs> you're just going to have to tune in and find out. Aperture 4. App- yeah! <laughs> That's what I'm holding out for. <laughs> do you do that, Tom? Do you do yeah. that? Oh, okay. Do you have a nice camera? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. I got into that uh, recently. Because you're a programmer. Programmers love that shit. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I will recommend to everybody, you know, uh, follow us on Twitter, don'tpanic.com, or twitter.com slash don'tpanicshow. Um, because I like to live tweet the events. I live tweeted the F8 conference, and that was a lot of fun. Um, Sean Jennings live tweeter. I didn't I know am, that. I'll, fo- I'll follow your Twitter instead of like going. Well, on I do it. I do it on the Don't Panic Show Twitter, and um, you know, I'll invite Colby and Dan as well. They have access to the account if they're around and watching it. They're also welcome ah. to jump in. Uh, some snark or something. So it's a fun way to join. So follow us on Twitter. Twitter.com/slash Don't Panic Show. Uh, thank uh, you. Yes. Serious question. Are, is Apple live streaming the keynote, or um, is it going to be maybe. a live live? They keep, they, don't they always change their minds? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if, pa- if the past is any indication, it will be live streamed on Apple TV. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if it will be streamed to the world at large. Maybe I'll work from home that day, because we have an Apple TV here. That would be great. <laughs> that would be great. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so check us out. We'll do something special for the event. It'll be fun. Uh, follow us on social media to find out more when that happens. Uh, very cool. Well, thanks to everybody out there for joining us. We will see you in two weeks on another episode of Don't Panic. This show is brewed fresh weekly by the Coffee and Beer Podcast Network. Get all our shows at our website, coffeeandbeer.tv.